A definition of a friend. A person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of a mutual affection. So, Laurie, about how many friends, real friends, do you think you have in general? I don't know how many real friends I really have, but I do know that there's a couple of studies that have actually come out lately that two different lines of, of data, but one said that the average American only has one true friend. Another one said five. Either way, it's not very many. It's not many. No, it's not. And then I think that I was looking up some studies on uh, like an average of friends like on Facebook, and I think the average person has about 300 friends, but we really don't talk to about like 150 of them and maybe even less than that. Probably not on real mess on Messenger and stuff like that. Can actually no. catching up with them. Yes, and have right. like a, a meaningful right relationship. Right. Yes, most definitely. But it is nice to have and to keep in contact right. with and see what people are up to. Yeah. Um. So today we're going to be talking about friends right. and what God has to say about friends and how to pick friends and the meaning of friends and what what good friends are for. So we're going to kind of go along those lines there and so we're going to start with the principle of friendships. So usually we tend to pick people that we have similar personalities with. We won't really go into that. Obviously you're going to end up kind of finding yourself going towards people that are like you and that your personalities blend. So we won't really go into that too much because obviously that part's easy. The hard part is finding the right character and the right meaning in the friendship. So as we, you know, we grow up and it's like, you think about friends and all that just being in high school, you know, or in, in those, in grade school where you're always worried about friends, who your friends are going to be. And then we grow up and we still need friends, but we find ourselves in our lives going on about all the things that come with motherhood and if, if we become mothers or just jobs and careers and all that comes with all that. And we kind of forget that we need friends. He, God designed us that way. Yes. God designed us to be in relationship and if you remember the very first friendship on earth, Adam and Eve, Adam and, Eve. Yeah. and and so God designed our best friend really to be our spouse. Yes. But obviously not everybody has a spouse. Right. And even if you have a spouse, there's this thing that they're the other gender. Yes. And sometimes girls need girlfriends. Yes. We, there's a different kind of support we can provide each other. So um, friendships really are a gift from God. And and. They're designed by God to give us companionship in this life. We didn't want us to be going through life alone. That's right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And so to have a friend, you have to start off with being a friend. So what does that mean? Well, we've got lots of examples in the Bible, and we'll look at several of those just to kind of give us what the Bible actually tells us. Um, that's the beauty of of being a Christian, we have gods for pretty much everything, and friendship is is actually one of the topics that's talked about a lot in the Bible, all the way back, like I said, from Adam and Eve. Yeah. The whole theme of the Bible goes through friendships and relationships and God's friendship with us. So one of the first things about what does it mean to be a friend, um, in Philippians 2.4, um, the Bible tells us, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So one of the a big principle of friendship is looking at their needs first, your friends' needs first above your own. Yeah, and we should be nice to everyone. I mean, not not just the people that we are close to, but everyone that we come in contact with. That's right, that's right. And, and, and on that same thing, you should do good to others, and that's, that's the being nice. You mm -hmm. do good to others. Romans 12, uh, 10 and 11 tells us, do good to others, honor them above yourselves. And so 
you know, you like being around people who make you feel good about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that, oh, yeah. that that's speaking to that. Yeah. And you tend to become friends with people that you are similar, or similar interests, similar right. uh, beliefs, um, all different types of <laughs> things that were that brings you close together. And um, friends are a special gift from God. I mean, they're like we said earlier, they're they they're definitely here for a reason. Right. And uh, Right. Having a Christian really is a powerful thing. If you think mm -hmm. about what it says in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So just think, like right now, you and I are both Christians, and we have obeyed the gospel, and we're friends. So that means when we're together, Christ mm -hmm. is with us. That is powerful. Yes. And we bear each other's burdens, too. Um, friends, you know, when you're going through hard times and uh, different difficult things you're able to share and sometimes that's not always easy to do so when you do have that close friends um, you you have that safe place that you can go to that guard whether it be your your spouse or a lady friend or um, a mother or whatever your that friendship is that you have and you can open up and be there for each other, especially through like tough times, um, you know, like losing loved ones or uh, parenting, parenting. I mean, right. in and in itself, I know we all kind of struggle with that sometimes, wondering if we're doing the right things and and uh, if we're not feeling alone in that. And so it's nice to be able to talk to another lady, another mom that either has gone through it or is currently going through those things and it's it's nice to be able to talk to someone about those things god decided to have those kind of people and so you know we really need to find the kind of people that we need to have around us that provide that kind of a, of a relationship um in first samuel 18 it talks about loving your friends as you love yourself in fact that statement was actually made twice in just three verses and you you know we see throughout scripture when things are important when god really thinks they're important they're repeated and so just in three quick verses, we hear it twice. It in emphasizes how important it is. And then also in Proverbs 17, 17, it says a friend loves at all times, not just every now and then or when it's convenient yeah. or when the schedule works well for them all the yeah. time. And I think that's when you really do find out who your true friends are, is when when you are going through difficult times. Um, I have like a recent example of when I was going through all my tests, trying to find out what was going on, you know, and that scare of, is it cancer, you know, and in that waiting time and just having those text messages, having those calls from the ones that have taken time out of their day to message you and say, hey, here's some scripture. Hey, thinking about you, I'm praying for you. Or even showing up at my doctor's appointments. I mean, that was, <laughs> those people, they're, they're special. They're one of a kind. They're not, they're, there's not a lot of them out there. Um, especially with today's society, I think a lot of people tend to be more about what can you do for me, right? Not as in, you know, what can I do for you? Because then that makes you look like a pushover, or sometimes just in a negative light. And it's it is nice. It is very nice and comforting to have that close of a friendship because right. during those hard times, it's it, it does help you. It helps me a lot actually, and it helped keep me calm and knowing that they're praying for me and. And thinking about me during those times and um, 
So I mean, yeah, and Jesus, you know, he, he, he I mean, they, they talk, he talks about that for a reason, you know, about how you have to love yourself in order to, to love somebody else. Mm-hmm. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. So you, you take turns. It's it's a give and take type of relationship. So when one is going through hard times, the other one steps in and vice versa. And and not only when hard times, but when um, in good times too. You know, we're supposed to weep with each other and rejoice with each other. So we're, you know, with friendships too, there will be times where you'll get that phone call. I'm so excited to get that promotion or... You know, congratulations on your your baby, or you know, just the different uh, positive things that come along in life as well. Right. And um, yeah, that makes me think about um, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses uh, nine through twelve. And I'm going to go ahead and read those. Um, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? Excuse me. And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And that just reminds us that, again, and this is in Ecclesiastes, some of the books of wisdom. They give us wisdom for life, and that just tells us again that God did not design us to be by ourselves. We have more strength when we draw from those friendships that God gave us. Um, It it just helps to reinforce um, our beliefs, especially, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, um, having the friends that believe like you do. Yes. And like, and then Jesus talks about in verse 14 about how, how, um, doing what he commands. So like, if you're doing what the Bible says and you're obeying those things, then it's going to be easier to be a friend and vice versa because you're all on the same page. And, and then Jesus laid down his law for his own people, for his friends. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it talks about who are his friends. Who are yeah. the people he laid his life down for? His friends are, verse 14, as that said, and, and I believe that was from Matthew. Got my, my verses. I wrote the verses right <laughs> in Go figure. But um, it talks about his friends are the people who do his commandments. Yes. So he laid down his life. That's how much he loved us, that he laid down his life for his friends, which are the, the people who do as he commands. So um, now let's talk about how do you choose your friends? Because, again, we kind of go back to what I said before, how you get out of school, you're kind of doing your own thing, you often move different places from the friends you've been with all through school, and, and you find yourself as an adult sometimes like, who are my friends? Yeah. So, um, like in my situation, I just recently moved to this congregation. Um, it was a position of having to find new friends. And yeah. We moved about an hour and a half away from where I used to live, and so, you know, Forming yeah, new friendships, not that you leave everybody behind, but you're not physically there with them anymore. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how do you pick friends? Well, um, we have some some Bible verses that we can look at that God tells us. And I was actually really surprised when uh, wanting to discuss about friends and dig more deep and do more in-depth Bible study. I was really surprised with how many Bible verses that really was flawed out talking about how to pick friends right. and how... Jesus picks friends. And so we're going to look at uh, Luke 6, 12 through 13, when uh, Jesus, he prayed. And he prayed 
for wisdom. You know, he wanted wisdom to pick his apostles. Right. So his little inner circle, mm-hmm. and he knew, you know, the different men. And so I think that's definitely one way for right. sure is by praying. Right. You know, like when you when you moved, you know, praying that God would put the right people mm-hmm. in your life at the right time. And, right. and it's amazing how he does that. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing sometimes. Right. I know when we, we've moved around quite, quite a bit, too, with um, my husband being a minister, and I remember moving to Nebraska, middle of nowhere, and it's hard to make friends, especially in the north. It's it's really hard to make friends if you don't have family there and grew up there. And I, I remember just praying so hard that I would have that good those good friends. Right. And you know, God has a sense of humor too. <laughs> a, a, a real good. Story. So I remember. Him uh, allowing a couple ladies at one time. So I went from having just, you know, taking care of children, the everyday thing, to these two lovely ladies get put in my life who were not um, active in a church uh, anywhere and had not been baptized uh, for their mission, their sins. And so they were seeking and searching. And so God thought this would be a great time to put <laughs> these two ladies in my life. And uh, it was lots of Bible studies together and getting to know them. And it was more of how can I help you instead of the roles back and forth. Right. But it also, but it, it was interesting because it, it did help me, mm-hmm. even though they didn't know much about me or I didn't call and ask them for advice. Right. But they did. They did right. help. And it was, so it's interesting how when you do pray, it's not always right away or at that very moment. And in the same place, there was this lady that um, was very standoffish at first. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to get to know her. You know, that, that's my God. We're going we're gonna to be in heaven one day together, Lord willing. we we got to make this work, right. you know. Right. So I took her out to lunch and visited with her and just kind of got to know her and let her know that I, I cared. I genuinely cared about this lady and her family. And her perspective, her demeanor completely changed after. Because that did to have just, a friend be a friend. Yes. When you showed that love to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lots of prayer, too, with how do I handle this? Mm-hmm. And how do you, how, how do I be a friend with her? Is Because right. sometimes that's not always the case. And sometimes people have those walls up so, mm-hmm. so thick that you can't. You know, I, I read something as we were, as I was preparing for this, and it was talking about, um, if you have somebody that's and maybe not an enemy, but maybe somebody you don't see eye to eye with, somebody mm-hmm. that maybe you've bumped heads with, um, to purposefully pray for them for yes. a week or however many days. And then, and to see how when you specifically pray for a person's needs or for whatever's going on in their life, how you'll find your attitude towards them softens. And then sometimes you'll even find their attitude towards you softens because God's going to then work through that. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of amazing to see that power. And the power of prayer, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to me. You know, Jesus is seeking or um, looking for his apostles, and he talks to God. He doesn't have to talk to God. God already knows what yeah. he wants and what he needs. Mm-hmm. But even that, it, and it just reminds me about how God wants us to come to him. Of course, yeah. he, he knows our every thought. And it, But it's kind of like your kids. Yeah. You know what they need. Mm-hmm. 
but you want them to, to confide in you. you. You know they're going through things, but you want them to confide in you. You want them to talk to you. Well, God wants us to talk to him. And even Jesus, when he's choosing his apostles, he took the time to pray, to find that wisdom that he needed to make sure he was making good choices. Um, he chose those he chose people who obeyed his commands, and that's, yes. that's another big one, that when we're looking for friends, we need to look for people that we see the fruit in their life, and granted, you don't always know everything about somebody's choices in their life, but you can look at the fruits of their labor, and it's because a tree bears fruit based on what kind of tree it is. Yes. So he chose people, and we see in, in John 15, uh, 14, that, that he chose people that obeyed his commands. It wouldn't be wise to have our closest friends in life be people who don't obey the Lord's commands if we're trying to live a life that's pleasing to him. Right, and but we also got to remember too when choosing friends that you're not going to find that perfect one. And like even Jesus, you know, out of the twelve, you know, they weren't perfect. You know, and, and he even knew that they weren't going to be perfect, but he still was a friend to them. He still loved them and was compassionate and caring. And and it's hard for us today, especially with the society now that we're in too, is to have that kind. It's, you know, once you've burned me or hurt me or, you know, I'm just going to turn, turn around instead of like, you know what, I forgive you. Let's, let's work on this and, and have that mutual, uh, agreement that, yeah, we're both going to mess up. I'm going to, I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't, or I'm going to, you know, and I think sometimes too, though, that we, oh, I know for myself personally, I am very sensitive, a very sensitive person. And sometimes I can take what somebody else says the completely wrong way and not even realize it. And so then you harbor that. But as a Christian, and something I've learned, especially in the last couple of years, more so than ever, is to give benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's hard. Stop and say, hey, wait, this is probably whatever they said or have done that's hurt my feelings probably is not really about me at all. Right. And it usually it's not. You never know what they were going through the bad day they just yes. had. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and nine out of ten times, I think that's usually what's going on. It's like they're suffering. They're stressed. They're stressed. And yeah. so I've learned to, when I start to feel those things, I'll stop and I'll pray. Right. And then I will go, either I will message them, call them, or go to them and say, hey, you've been acting kind of different. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the situation may be. And that's one of the things I actually really admire about the way Kristen deals with people is that she doesn't let things fester. If there's something wrong, she does deal with it before it can get out of control. And that's something that I think we can all learn from is that, you know, deal with the person. And it's not necessarily always a sinful situation. Sometimes it's just little things that happen. But you go to the person. You don't talk about it with somebody else. You just go to them and you work it out. And like she said, most often it's just a misunderstanding. They were having a bad day. It's usually not even about you necessarily or it was blown up proportion, misunderstood, whatever. One thing, though, that you can do that will oftentimes minimize this, again, as we were talking about having um, friends that are are of like belief system, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the um, illustration in the Bible about being unequally yoked, and very often that's that's applied to a marital relationship because it is very valid there. Yes. But um, you can be applied to any friendship because if you think about what a yoke is, and I think we're going to have a picture for you to see. 
A yoke is a, a big wooden thing that gets set on your shoulders with, well, it's for oxen, and the two oxen are there together tied with this thing on their shoulders that they're going to then use to pull things um, to help you with, with work, with heavy lifting, heavy pulling, things like that. They were used um, very often in old days. And so if you think about if you have someone, a strong, a strong ox or a strong person, and a weak ox or a weak person, you're not pulling together and one of you is dragging the other one back. And that's why that illustration is given to us to be able to see that a lot of times, a lot of the misunderstandings in life can be overlooked if, when, when you have the people closest to you striving for the same things in life, yeah. um, looking to Jesus for their example. Um, we, Yes, you have to have friendships with non-Christians um, to be able to influence them and hopefully bring them to Christ. But your, your closest circle should not be people who don't believe like you do because it's just too easy to get pulled away. Um, and it's the same reason it was used in the illustration for marriage because if you have a, a husband and a wife and one's a believer and one's not, it's not that it can't. Right. It's not that the believer can't bring the non-believer to Christ. So it's just harder. so hard. And so it's really hard in life to stay on the right path if your closest friends are not also on the right path with you to remind you of why you're here and what your purpose is and where you're trying to go in life. Yes, and it, it is because when you are around somebody so long, you end up you you kind of end up being a lot similar right. to each other, and you, know, you want somebody that's going to compliment you. You ever notice you start talking the same way? Yeah, you're saying the same thing. <laughs> Dressing the I same mean, way. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we showed up like nothing great today, um, but it, but it's a very real thing. I mean, yeah. you you become like the people that you're around. And hopefully they will become more like you, but it doesn't always work that way. Even with the best of intentions, it's just easy to get pulled yeah. when you're not equally yoked. And I think so, some people make things look good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even if it's not good, mm -hmm. if it's uh, sinful or not sinful, right. because there's not, you don't want to get with somebody that has this um, influence in a negative way or if you're talking about, you know, unequally yoked, we'll just go to the spiritual aspect. You know, I'm friends with people who are not members of the church, but I tend to rely more on people who are mm -hmm. uh, because they're going to have the same beliefs because, you know, it, with disciplining children, you know, or, I mean, any other type of situation you think of, because if you're not on the same page spiritually, then you're not going to have that same conclusion. Right, that you have somebody to, that's drawing their instruction from the Bible like you are, yeah. not just from whatever goes that day. Yeah, because you know, yeah. somebody say, oh, well, you're having problems with the kids? We'll just give them away, you know, or just <laughs> leave, you know, they'll be fine without you, you know, because sadly there are people in the, in the world today that out there that. that do that. And so, I mean, not that we have friends like that, but there are friends out there who could encourage you to do things that you just don't need. Right, right, and it, it does. And over time, when you're around something so much, so often, it can slowly start to feel like it's okay. You know, you start off with it going, "Yeah, well, it's all right. It's not right. that big of a deal." And then it becomes, "Well, this is just the norm." And the next thing you know, you're finding yourself doing right. It's that whole slippery slope uh, yeah. analogy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Know, just one little thing, and then it's another little thing, and it's another little thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus also showed us that he ch he chose friends that he could share his heart with. Yes. Um, and that's mm -hmm. very important, somebody that you can feel safe um, sharing your innermost um, problems, struggles, thoughts, 
Um, he loved them, and he, he commanded us to love, to love others in the way that he loved his friends, and the way he, he loved, uh, loved his followers. So another, another way to choose your friends is to look for people that you really can tell care about you. They're not just, you know, shallow, and not that they're shallow people necessarily, but that your interactions aren't shallow. Yes, and they're going to have your back. Right. You know, in the good times and in the bad times. And they're going to be there for you. They're going to watch, you know, and keep a watch out at night. And, and uh, like, you know, the apostles did for, for Jesus. I mean, they did end up falling asleep. They, but, <laughs> but, you know, they, again, they're, they they're not perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So back to the, the 12 apostles, you know, that he chose. So he was proactive, not reactive. Right. So, like you, we said earlier, he, he prayed about who his friends are and the 12 apostles they were. And these are people who you know, had his back and were there, but they were uh, carefully chosen. They weren't just some random people. Out of all these people that were following him, yeah, he only picked 12. Yes. And then they left everything behind. They picked up and they followed. And they, they wanted to do the right thing. Right. And they wanted to be friends with Jesus. Right. I mean, I don't know who probably would want to be friends with Jesus. But, <laughs> but I think it's pretty special, too, to think about the 12 apostles and how they were picked. And what that says about the 12 apostles and the type of people that they were, that they did love his heart. Right. And they were loving people. Right. Right. If you if you um, look another another um, thing to look for, he chose people who um, were there for him in hard times and who would be there for him in hard times. And um, in Luke twenty two, we see an example, or we we see some teaching about this. And and one of the things I thought about with that when I read that verse or those verses, um, the I don't know if you know the the song, the country music song, you find out who your friends are, mm-hmm. because it it talks about who your real friends are showing up in hard times. Yes. Um, the, the chorus says, um, you find out who your friends are, someone who will drop everything and never stop to think what's in it for me. They just show up with their big heart. Yeah. And I, I cut out, I just did the, the uh, main points of that. But, you know, that is really who your true friends are going to be. Um, interesting side point, right before we met to, to do this video today, my transmission went out and my car is currently on the side of the road. And this one, I mean, she was there in maybe three minutes. I don't even know how she maybe got real far. I wasn't far, <laughs> but she dropped everything. She was probably already here at the church building and she came and got me, had, I mean, and has pretty much given me her car until I can get mom fixed, you know? So that's your, that's your real friends, the people who will just drop everything, make sacrifices for you, even in the hard times when and not say it twice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And that's not always easy to do right. either. And not necessarily for that example, but for other, you know, if, if you're, you know, 100 miles away or working or whatever. But those true friends that know that, hey, if I'm calling you, I really need you. Right. And to drop, you know, whatever you're doing or listen right. to that phone call or um, the, the, your, your true friends will stop. If, I mean, there might be a few rare times that they just can't, right. but they're going to be able to stop, be there, right? Yeah. Right. No matter what. Right. And ultimately our, our, our biggest thing that we should consider is finding friends who are going to help us get to heaven because nothing else matters. And so that goes back right. to all the points we've really touched on already, being unequally yoked, making sure that, that they're like-minded spiritually. You, you don't want people around you who are going to cause you to have problems getting to heaven in the end. So 
that's really, I mean, that's, that ties it all up. Does it? Yep. Done. Yep. No. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, you're right. Because, but then, but then you look at like the people who don't have hope in God and the people who don't have, you know, that a religion base to go on. If if you look, if you just stand and watch those people, you're going to see them struggling. You're going to see them having a hard time. You're going to see them down. You're going to see them probably end up stealing or getting drunk or drugs or they're finding hope in other things and not with God because most importantly, our most important friendship is with God and we should have that first. And then if you're married with your spouse and then your, your, your other your, your lady friend. <laughs> so, so then, so then we have. Let's talk about characteristics yes. to consider in a person. We were yes. talking about how to choose friends and bigger concepts, but just personality things that we should look for. Um, in Proverbs seventeen seventeen, we see an example. Example: We should look for people who are loving. And also in Proverbs, Proverbs is full of wisdom. It's for friendships. Um, looking for friends who are wise, because when you are around wise people, you will become more wise. Mm-hmm. Righteousness. You want somebody who is very righteous. Right. And that, we can find that in Proverbs as well, right. 12, verse 26. Um, and then also in 1 Corinthians, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And we kind of hit on that just a little bit ago, yeah. too, about, you know, if when you're around somebody so long, yeah, as Christians, we are supposed to. Jesus did. He went out and he ate and drank with the sinners. And you're, you know, to be a friend, you aren't to be better than you're, you're to be loving and caring like I said about all those things and so going out and caring for them not just going out and hanging out and sharing a cold one with them too you know but more of hey I'm concerned hey let, let me let me get to know you and yeah yeah so we should look for people who are encouragers who make you feel better about yourself in First Thessalonians five eleven, we see uh, the Bible tells us therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing and in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And we often use that illustration uh, to talk about not about not coming to the assembly, yes. but it, it means so much more because it's talking about how when you're around Christians, you should be building one another up to good works, making, making people, making the other people want to do more for the glory of God. Yes. I think we had a gospel meeting or just a really, or just a really amazing uh, lesson not too, too long ago about going out and stirring up each other in good works and make it like your mission, you know, to, to try to do as many good things and encourage as many people as possible. And along those lines, being honest, honesty is so important. You know, you don't want to be around somebody that, um, that that's gossipy. Right. You know, you, that's just not a good thing. Because right. it's just a matter of time before they're going to gossip about you. Right. If, if they're going to do it about one, they're going to do it about, yeah, it's yeah. just a matter, of, yeah, a matter of time. Yeah. You should also look for people who are sweet and pleasant. Yes. And I know that sounds kind of not that deep, but if you think about it, you don't, the people that you know in your life that mm-hmm. are sour... You don't, you don't hang out with them. And in Proverbs 27 and 9 actually talks about the sweetness of people and the pleasantness yeah. of people. So 
you know, it really does matter. And, and again, we've talked about this, you know, in several different points, but fellow workers for Christ, and we yep. see example of that in Philippians 1, 3, and 5. But we also got to remember, too, that that doesn't mean that we have to smile all the time. That, you know, we're going to, you know, we can't, not everybody's bubbling. We all have different personalities. Right. So there's a, sweet a different. A sweet disposition. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's important to realize that, you know, you, you don't have to be bubbly to be sweet. Right. Just to be kind. Just right. to, you know, not be so quick to be so harsh when somebody comments or, yeah. Right. 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 And um, off, off of the honesty point, yeah. um, we also need to look for people who are trustworthy. And Most um, the Bible says in twenty-seven, I mean, in Proverbs seventeen nine, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So that's talking about, and, and, and it's not so much it, when I read this, I'm like, oh, well, you don't want to cover up things if they've done something wrong. Well, hopefully they've not did anything wrong. Right. But it's you know when you mess up or when you're going through something. Your friend, you can trust in them and know they're not going to spread that to the world. Right. You know, he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Well, you, you go off blabbing stuff that's not your place to blab, then you can't it's trust that person anymore. That, that, that mm -hmm. kills the trustworthiness. And so that, that's a big one. So let's talk about a few characteristics to avoid. Because, yes. because we've talked about what to look for. We've talked about um, what we need in friends. Now let's look at some, some red flags and some warning signs. And uh, I know the first one that we were going to talk about, we've, we've probably pretty much beat that one to death. <laughs> but but um, non-Christians, obviously, again, you have to kind of, you have to maintain some, you have to maintain some level of friendship to bring them to Christ, but that should not be your closest inner circle because they are not, they don't have the same moral system. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you exactly. hope and pray that you get right. them there to be in that inner circle. Right. But it's not always going to work out right way. But so, yeah, you're right. You do have to be very careful and make sure that they, your inner circle, are the ones that are on the same beliefs mm -hmm. as you and the same goals right. as wanting to get to heaven. Because in the end, that's the whole purpose of why we're here. Right. We're, I mean, a little side note, um, we tend to get a little off on the whole purpose of why are we here. Right. You know, it, yeah, we need to, to work and take care of our children and uh, garden and you know, all these fun activities that, you know, we're able to do. But the whole point of us here right now is to get to heaven. And one of the ways is with us. and yeah. to take as many people right. we can with us. Right. So being as friendly right. and as, you know, showing, letting Christ live in us and portraying that right. to others. Right. Another warning sign that we need to look for, and this one's hard, this one's very hard, mm -hmm. is for people who have left the faith. Because yes. oftentimes if we've had close friendships with people who have decided to walk away from the church or who are not living as they should, maybe they're here on Sunday mornings, but you know how they're living their lives, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I have a friend who just recently um, went through having to kind of draw some lines in the sand and say, I'm here for you, but I cannot be friends with you. If you decide to come back, if you need anything, I'm here. But I can't be close friends with you because the lifestyle that they've chosen to live is very clearly in conflict with what the Bible teaches. And so, you know, there, we have we have various illustrations in the Bible about, you know, talking about um, withdrawing fellowship in a, in, as a whole congregation type of a situation. Yes. But those principles are still very strong. You know, if you know somebody's living wrong, how you go to them directly, yes. talk to them directly. And in, in the Bible talks about in, in James uh, 5, 19 and 20, if you can turn them back, you will save a soul from death. In Galatians 
that 6-1 tells us. If you can restore, you who, who are spiritual, restore such one with a jail spirit. So we have direction, but sometimes they decide not to repent. They think that either that they're right or they don't really care anymore. And that's when we have to really make some hard decisions. And I think that's really hard today, especially because everybody's so fearful of judgment, being right. ju- judgy mm-hmm. or um, hurting their feelings. Right. Or, uh, so, yeah, it is. And, you know, God has these rules in here for a reason. And I don't want to say rules, but this lifestyle, this uh, this plan, this game plan. And sometimes we're going to get some rough hits. Right. But... It, you help them back up, right. you know, and you do, but you have to go and get them in order to bring them back. Right. Because if you go and just act like they're okay, right, then when you're not doing them any favors, and you're also you're putting your soul in the same uh, jeopardy that theirs is in. Yes. Because if you condone condone things that are very clearly in conflict with with scripture, mm-hmm. and you know they're going on, and you don't do anything about it, I mean, granted, you can't necessarily stop them. Yes. But as their brother or sister, if you don't go to them and do any and say anything to try to get them to come back, then so at least make them think about it. Exactly. Then, mm-hmm. then your soul is in potentially the same and what position. What kind of friend are you to exactly. let them? I mean, exactly. So you tell them, you know, you talk to them, you go by the scriptural guidance that we have. But then, if they're not going to make the right decisions, we can't keep them as our closest friends. That's a red flag. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight talks about uh, being contrary. And another red flag would be gossip, which we kind of already hit upon that too. But, you know, if, you know, gossiping is when you talk about somebody not knowing your facts. Um, it's just not, it just doesn't make you look real good. It's not real attractive. No, no. And uh, there's so many more things to talk about than gossip. Right. <laughs> and, but sometimes I think that's a hard line to, to know what is gossip and what's not. And that could be a whole nother lesson. A whole nother lesson. <laughs> yeah. But just to be careful right. with that. That right. one's a very, especially for women, I think that can be, it's hard for a lot of women to have that boundary of what is gossip and what is helpful information. Right. And right. another red flag would be anger management. Right. Not controlling, you know, getting mad so quick over something so silly. And we have some example in Proverbs 22, uh, 24 through 25, that talks about make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor give with a uh, wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Right. So, like, if you're hanging out with a mom who just does not have any patience, which we're supposed to pray for patience, and I know there's going to be some people like, no, don't pray for patience, but the Bible does say pray for patience. And... They're constantly getting, you know, blowing up and yelling at their kid, and they have no patience. Well, if you're around that, that's going to feel like that's how you should react, and then you're going to catch yourself doing it. So that's that's definitely not a good right. thing. It's not that's another thing that's not real attractive. Right. Definitely a red flag. If and, go ahead, <laughs> their, their anger. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talked about earlier about love looking for encouragers. So obviously, people mm-hmm. can make you feel discouraged discouraged. Yes. I mean, when you leave a person's presence, um, you think back, well, did that make me feel better or worse? Yes. Um, you don't want to be around people who make you feel worse about yourself. Um, and people who don't say the hard things. So, yes. and by this, I mean, if you know, like in retrospect, say you've been in a mess, say you've made bad mistakes, say you have been in a simple situation and you look back and they, and you know, your friends knew it, but they never said anything to you. 
that's not the kind of people you want to have close to you. You want to have friends that will say the hard things. And if somebody's just going to let you wallow in your own mess and not tell you you need to straighten up or that the, perhaps the mess that you're in is a result of your own choices, they're not helping you in the long term, in the long run, because again, we're supposed to be helping each other get to heaven, not right. not um, go in the wrong direction, not get stuck in messes, not not wallow. You're supposed to care. You're right. supposed to care, and like you're saying, build each other, encourage right. each other. So if right. you're not having that, mm-hmm. and you see them in those things, and you're not willing to go and step out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. maybe. But if you really love them and you really care for them, like all things we've talked about, to the good front of what we need to have, then it's. it's what kind of friend are you then? Right. You know, right, right. Um, so there's some hard lessons though of friendship. Yes. And so you know, we talked about how to find friends, what to look for, what to not look for. But at the end of the day, there are some hard lessons about friendships that we need to think about ahead and kind of be proactive about it because it's a vulnerable position to let people get close to you, right? Most definitely. It's, it's a very vulnerable position, and um, we all fear getting hurt, and being rejected. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Especially if you've grown up, you know, in a family. You know, as you're little and young, you, you're, you're very, um, what is it, not impers- impersonable? Impressionable. Impressionable. And um, it, so if that thing has happened to you, then you're you're going to feel, you're going to have those walls guarded. Right. You know, and it's going to be hard right. for you to make friends open up and share because right. of the examples, because of the things that you're around, because of the people that you're around. Right. You're going to feel like you right. can't open up because you're going to be hurt right. and be rejected. Right. So... Again, we go back to our examples in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew Jesus was going to betray him, and he still let him close to him. Yeah. And I don't know how he did that, but he did. And but not think let about on. and do what? And not let on. And, and not, not let on. on. Exactly. Not ever tell anybody. You know, if we follow the guy, the things that we talked about as a guide, it will minimize the risk that these things will happen, but it does not prevent them. Everyone sins. We know from the from scripture that everyone sins, and so even the person who maybe has all these characteristics and really does mean you well, at some point is going to let you down. Um, so, I mean, just think about how hard it would be to let someone be in your inner circle, knowing that they were going to be the one that led to your death, even though you know the bigger purpose of your death. Jesus let that happen because he knew it was a bigger a bigger um, plan, and so we just need to remember that. We need to trust our Father. We need to pray and trust Him and know that we will get hurt sometimes. But God designed us to be in relationship with people. And so we just have to work through it. So that all being said, this is something that should draw us closer to Jesus. And to know that He is perfect. He will not let us down. He is always there for us. And it's it's kind of hard concept to really grasp because there's so many people asking and praying and talking to him, but it's really neat to know that he cares so much that he knows, you know, how many hairs we have on our head. I mean, he knows everything about us, and he all he wants us to do is pray and ask. Right. And so we're going to end with, um, we hope this has been very helpful and encouraging. Yep. Finding, finding the friends God wants us to have is really about more than just finding somebody you enjoy being around. And that's, and that's yes. kind of a, a conclusion we want to want to help you um, come to, just to get some points to take home with you. Um, yes. He wants He wants more for us, and He gives us the guidance to do this. He doesn't want us to just have shallow relationships or, or meaningless relationships. He wants us to have people around us who really are meaningful and who help us get to heaven and make our time here on earth a little bit more enjoyable. Most definitely, and help us to, through the good, the bad, and the ugly, 
to be sincere, and to really have our backs. And we need to remember to pray and ask God for guidance and how to pick our friends and to know that he will always be there for us as well. Right. Uh, Just 10 or 15 years ago, you know, some people might say, well, I don't have anybody at my church and it's just older people or, you know, there's nobody around my age. And 10 or 15 years ago, you might be kind of stuck, but we do have the internet now. Yes. And that makes it a lot easier to reach out to people. And while I know you you always crave having the, the physical presence, um, you can reach out to people. You can have you can have solid friendships from hundreds of miles away now. So seek their their different groups um, online. I know a lot of you that are watching this are in the um, the Moms on a Mission group, and in that group, it's a great place to find people because we talk about so many different topics in that group. You can find people who like this or that is important to them, and you can see what is important to them and find people you have things in common with, even if you don't have them in your local congregation. Yeah, and that goes all the way back to the very beginning about having friends on Facebook and how it is important to have the good friends and having that open, especially for us women. You know, we've got to have that. So we say all this and have this study today and this discussion to say that be careful, be wise with your selection of friends. It matters. It does. And and, and ultimately, any friend you choose could be the one that helps you get closer to heaven or not closer to heaven. And obviously our whole goal is to get to heaven. So we need to really be careful about who we're choosing to have close to us to make sure they're spurring us on to what we to our ultimate goals. Yes. So remember that, ladies. And we'd like to thank you for joining us again today. And we hope this has been helpful and encouraging. Hopefully you're able to reflect back and see what type of friend you are being and what type of friends you have in your inner inner circle. Please remember to go like like this video and share it with your lady friends. Just join us next week for another encouraging lesson that hopefully will be encouraging to you as well. And please comment if you have any ideas or topics you would like to hear us uh, discuss or to learn more about. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.